It's this that will bring people to Jesus. This being the presence of God. There may be ways where we were able to tell people who Jesus is and they may even be able to recognize who he is, but it's his presence that will bring them into a relationship with him. Who wants more of this? See, I don't believe you necessarily need seeker-sensitive services. Just need the presence of God. If if you want if you want discipleship, you need the presence of God. If you want people just attending church, then you you do a program. I don't just want to do programs. I want the presence of God. So there is a people we don't just grow in the knowledge of God, which is good. It's in the Bible. But we grow deep into him. Somebody said over the weekend, if you, if you go to church and you don't change because of an encounter with God, then don't bother going to church. Maybe a few of you went, I don't know whether that's offensive or not. It's not. It's just true, isn't it? We gather as a family. We gather for so many reasons, so many good biblical reasons. To, to, look, to be equipped, to learn, to, to find out more, to spark relationships, to maintain relationships. But our primary purpose of meeting together is for an encounter with God. So when, when I come to church, I, I want to I go away changed. And I pray that all of us this morning, we go away changed. And I'm not suggesting a wholesale psychological shift to an entirely different character. Could be a little thing, couldn't it? Could be just a little bit of thinking that, that starts moving and, and veering off to the left and going on weird and wonderful adventures. All right, it's quite obvious I'm not going to preach this morning. But I'm probably going to just say one or two things. So you may just want to sit down and then we'll, we'll take tithes and offerings. Because I don't want to kind of lose that. I don't want to lose whatever it is. This, this, this thing of God, this presence, this, this aroma. That's why I bought a seat. I, I, I spent... It's been a long weekend. It's been a good weekend. I've been at me and, and the leadership team, or well, the majority of the leadership team, um, which is, comprises of Stu, P and Pat Gray, Kathy, me, Lisa, and Paul Airy. Went out to Global Legacy in Leicester. And we had a good time, didn't we, guys? But it was long. 
You know what I mean? It's, it was lovely. Me and Paul had a good idea of going down on the train. It was nice to spend time with Paul, but I think I regretted going down on the train. We had three different trains. We had, you know, three different, whatever it was, stops, exchanges. What? Changes. Connections. Thank you. There's the word. Connection. And, uh, you know, up early, because I really want to get breakfast, you know what I mean? Like, cut breakfast. I'm not going to miss that. And, uh, but it was a long weekend. Some good stuff. And I'm going to go through some of that stuff in later weeks, actually. Not this morning. Um, but it was so... It was a long weekend. And on the way back, I had a great time in the, in the car journey back. I decided to get car journeys back. Why we didn't do that going, I don't really know. Me and Paul just had this grand adventure that we were going to have such a great time in the train. I was like, okay, this is lovely. But anyway, got back. And I said, I've got to go to Ikea and buy a chair. I just, just got to... Just felt so strongly, I wanted to buy a chair. Actually, the church bought the chair. I didn't buy the chair because it's staying, staying with, with, with those guys here at the church. I really strongly, I was knackered. I just wanted to sit down and switch my brain off and enjoy my kids. But it's like... She wanted to go buy a chair. So I went to Ikea and, and, and they'd sold out. That's what it said anyway. So, oh God, you told me to come and buy a chair. And like the tag says sold out, back in stock soon. But you know what, by faith I took a picture of the location in the aisle where it was. You know what I'm going to say. It's obviously it's here, isn't it? <laughs> so I went to the island, the location. There was one left. <laughs> this chair. So I could sit in it, because that's what you do with chairs. <laughs> Don't stand on chairs. You sit on chairs. Tables are for crumbs, not for bums. Because <laughs> so, I, I want it to, I, I want this year to be about, I want it to be about a conversation. Do you know what I mean? I don't, I don't want to actually be stood behind this thing. And we might do in, in, in various occasions, but I, I want to be up close and personal. So that we go on a journey together. And that we recognise that we're in this together. And yeah, there's, there's organisation and there's leadership and eldership. and Absolutely, those things are, are important and biblical. But we're all saints together. Um, and we will only grow numerically as well as spiritually if we believe in this family together. And that there's not the two, threes, or the fours, or the fives believing for the church for all of us. Last week, of all that, that was shared about people who were thankful for, for 2017, and I was grateful for all that was shared, there was two that nearly brought me to tears. I don't cry very quickly. So if, I do, if you do see tears, you know, it's, it's really, it's gone here, it's gone in here. It's not because I'm a man or anything, it's just the way I am, it's just the way I'm wired. Um, Addy said family. And Gary said Family.
and you are both thankful for the family, for Freedom Church. And I'm like, yeah. Let's let that be the thing that at the end of 2018, when we're giving thanks for 2018, we go, it was family through Christ that I'm thankful for the most. So, so, so the, the, the challenge is, as leadership, to, to serve you and to, to help you and to equip you. But then it's for, for all of us together to really go on that journey of being family and make it real. So that does include things like being part of life groups if you're not. And if you're not, I'm going to be asking you directly. What's, what's the problem? Can we sort that out? Can we work it out? Because the life groups help be the heart and soul of what we do beyond a Sunday morning. And for all of those of you who are apart, which is a majority of you actually, I think you would agree, wouldn't you? Um, yeah, I'm going to stop in a few moments. Um, I'll bring my chair again next week. Uh, it's our chair, isn't it? So you can sit on this chair because it's your chair. Um, ben hinted at what he felt was about stepping over, stepping in or something, stepping up, arising. Well, that's great because I didn't have a word for today. I was, I was going to be brave. Well, I am being brave, aren't I? Um, I, I, didn't, I didn't put together a preach. Now, if anybody knows how I do preaches, I write them verbatim. Uh, and then we see if God moves me as on the morning. Hopefully you don't notice that much. Um, because I'm really nervous about bringing the word of God to you. Because like, that's a huge responsibility, isn't it? Do you know, like, at the end of time, when it's like that judgment time, Jesus is going to look at me in the eye and say, how did you do with the people that I gave you to care for? And that's you. Like, I'm going to be judged that little bit more. Um, so like being a pastor, a leader, elder of a church, it's not something you do because you fancy it. Because if I can be honest with you, it can be flipping hard work. Now, I'm looking at you, so don't think as I look at you, I'm meaning it's you. <laughs> it can be, can I say crap? Just said it. So now you'll remember it. It, it, can, be, it can be horrible. And not, not just because of issues, but because the devil's at you. I don't want to focus on him, but, but he's at you. He's, he wants to divide you. He wants to divide your, your spirit and your soul. And he goes at you. And, and in 2017, he was at me. He was at us. He was at my family. Um, we, we, we declared it was a year of extreme fruitfulness, didn't we? And for, for a number of things, it has been fruitful. But my overriding feeling was it was crap. I declare fruitfulness and then it's rubbish. That's what I felt like. Because he wanted to separate 
my spirit and my soul. And we got to November. I mean, I'm not going to state the obvious of why it was rubbish. We, we all know there was, it was rubbish for some horrible reasons. Um, that's interesting, my leg's wobbling. Um, I'm not used to sitting down in front of you. Um, got to November, and myself and Kath, we, we both came to a point. It's been 10 years since we've been employed by the church on one salary for both of us. We don't get paid one each. It's one salary for both of us, for a family of five. Um, and that's cool, because God has blessed us so much. Um, got to November, and we thought, are we the leaders of Freedom Church? Are we supposed to continue? Now, this is unusual, isn't it? I'm, somebody from the front is telling you how rubbish we felt. Because I believe, and I'm stepping out and I'm being brave, and saying to you, it's about authenticity. And I don't want, to, I don't want you ever to put, and I, it's a bit of an egoistic statement, I don't ever want anybody to put on me on any kind of pedestal. Because only one person deserves to be lifted up on high, and that's Christ. I, I, I'm a shepherd that he's installed in this locality to, to help guide the sheep, as it were. And that's biblical. Okay. Um, we got to November and we were like, are we the people to lead this church for the next 10 years? Because we're like the longest serving leadership. Are you aware of that? Some of you may or may not have been the most impacted, but we've certainly been the longest in terms of serving consistently for 10 years, over 10 years. It's actually over 10 years because in 2006 we came into leadership. Um, and, and, and we had a proper cry like over weeks. Are we, are we the people to lead you? Are we the people to, to serve you? And we were this close to go, maybe we're not. Maybe because we've just stayed the same in numbers. Numerically. And... Uh, what we do in reaching out, what, what, what's the point of us? It was, the, it was the enemy putting thoughts into our heads. And we were that close from going, this is, this, we've had enough. I don't care what size church it is, the issues are the same. The enemy will attack and try and divide. So it starts creeping into December and we're praying and we're listening and we're thinking and, and God starts putting people in our path to tell us how wrong we were. One of the first things that somebody said to me was Paul over there. He said, we may not have grown numerically but we've certainly grown spiritually. We've shifted a culture over the last 10 years from one where it was CEO, top down, you do as I say, I control you. That's a generalization. I get that. But on the whole, that could have been it, possibly. Or at least the feeling was to one where I hope now there's a culture of freedom. 
that we're in this together. So we have grown spiritually, and that is more important than numbers. I do want to grow numerically, and this part of the message of us being brave this year will be things put in place to enable us to help us do that. We'll go into that another week. But then relationships started to form outside, way outside of any circle of friendships and relationships I'd had previously. People from over in Wakefield, from down south, from, from other places, who just, I remember what a guy just said to me, a guy called David from a church in, a church in Wakefield, just went and just looked at me and said, you are a good man. To which my response was, am I? And he said it again, and I began to believe it. And people just just started to prophesy over us over a number of weeks that you are the people to lead the church. You are the people that are going to make change in the next 10 years. I used to think myself as a, as a Timothy. Do you, do you do that? In fact, I asked on Facebook, didn't I? What biblical character would you associate with? And I used to associate myself as a, as a Timothy, as somebody, somebody always learning, always wanting to, to, to you know, somebody speak into my life so I can, I can lead something better. Um, and then even just recently, in fact, it was over the weekend, um, Stu prophesied, you're a Paul. You're a communicator. You want to reach people for Christ. So it's like, and I'm not suggesting Timothy is anything less than Paul, because he isn't, because he led a large church, but it's like an upgrade. It's a harder upgrade, though, because like Timothy was in one place, Paul started traveling around. And I feel that's part of the, the task that have now been set before me to really communicate the good news and the gospel of Jesus Christ. So we went from a dark place, and I know you're there, and I'm going to pass it on to you one second, Susan. We're on a dark place, but we're now in a really good place. Because people believe in us. You guys, a number of you guys, inadvertently have, have communicated with us, have supported us in a way that you wouldn't believe that we're now in a great place. We're excited. We are hopeful. We are going to be brave. So if any of you guys in 2017 have felt so low, so down, that you didn't think there was any way out of it, I'm going to tell you now that God loves you. You are brave. You are special. And you are on a, you are on a trajectory upwards towards and into the things of him. Go on, Susan. Come on. You've got to stand here at the front, right here. You could, do you want to sit on the chair? Sit on the chair. No. <laughs> uh, as I was sitting over there, uh, God gave me something that sort of brought me off my chair. <laughs> we are uh, not, we haven't grown numerically, I, I realise that. But what we have been, we are being transformed into a nest like uh, birds prepare a nest so that they can lay their eggs and bring forth young. We are being transformed into a nest and very soon the nest will start to be filled and we will then blossom in numbers as well. Awesome. Brilliant. Brilliant. Why don't we just give God... was the same word that God gave me when I was praying for the children. So that was the same word that God gave me when I was praying for the children. As I was praying for the children, holding my hands over them, I had this sense of them burgeoning, 
being like a tree in springtime with their little leaves bright green and unfurling and the birds of the air coming and making a nest in them. And do you remember I said, you know, you are the vine, they are the branches. And just as Mark was just talking there, I was mulling over in my spirit and I heard God say very clearly again about the children of this community. I don't know how it works, but somehow what God has birthed in us, in our children, in spirit, he wants to extend into this community. So I'm just going to, I'm just going to pray. I don't know what that looks like. I just have it in spirit. Father, you are the vine and we are the branches. And you have made our kids to be like a verdant tree in springtime, full of sap, full of life, full of unfurling, full of flourishing. And I see, I see that nest being prepared and made amongst our own children, that that life will be extended into the life of this community. And Father, I am just putting a marker down in the sand and saying we are ready. Send us children and young people and we will see you do in their lives, Lord, what you want to do. We will see you birth destiny, bring healing, bring security, bring calling, bring world changes to birth amongst us, Lord God. We believe that for our own kids and we believe it for those that you are going to bring amongst us in 2018. And we pray for every interface that we have with children through Stay and Play, through Messy Church, through Kids Work, through Connect Group, whatever it is, Lord God, we look to you to just blow, blow by your spirit, blow by your spirit onto children and young people, that they will come into the family of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Just um, want to highlight what Sue's been saying about a nest, and, and I want you to consider how a nest is made. Because a bird will take individual little pieces of wood, leaf, grass, and weave it together into a solid object. And that is how God works with us. It is absolutely no coincidence that Mark felt so constrained to buy this chair. This is prophetic and it's speaking to us right now. And I, I felt I might, shall I wait and say it another week? But I thought, no, at the beginning of this year, we need to declare it. That Jesus is saying, it's all out of rest. Yeah. We have a nest and we have rest. Help you remember it. Yeah. It is a major revelation truth. It isn't about our self-effort. It's as we just yield and we just say, Holy Spirit, you do this through me. You do this through me. I can't do it. And he says, no, you can't. But I have seated you in the place you need to be. Don't step out of that. Remain in the place of rest in all that we do in this year ahead and beyond. We'll never depart from this place because he's done it all. Awesome. Brilliant. I want you to close your eyes. I'm going to finish today with... Um, reading a psalm, Psalm 138. I don't want you to look it up because I'm going to read it from the Passion Translation and there's not many out there right now. 
Uh, and there's, a, well, there's one verse in here which is going to be our verse for this year. And I'll let you decide if you can find out what that is. Now, this psalm's called, in this translation, the Divine Presence. I thank you, Lord. And with all the passion of my heart, I worship you in the presence of angels. I just want to pause just to say, angels there, that word, can also be interpreted as gods, heathen gods. The way that the original language works, it's, it's, it's hard to decipher exactly. Does it mean angels? Does it mean heathen gods? It doesn't matter because if you read it, I worship you in the presence of angels, that would be awesome, wouldn't it? And, not, and it is awesome. But then we also worship God in the domain of darkness. However we feel, however low we are, we choose to worship God with joy. Anyway, I worship you in the presence of angels. Heaven's mighty ones will hear my voice as I sing my loving praise to you. I bow down before your divine presence and bring you my deepest worship. As I experience your tender love and your living truth. For the promises of your word and the fame of your name have been magnified above all else. At the very moment I called out to you, you answered me. You strengthened me deep within my soul and breathe fresh courage into me. One day all the kings of the earth will, give rise, will rise to give you thanks when they hear the living words that have heard you speak. They too will sing of your wonderful ways for your ineffable glory is great. For though you are lofty and exalted, you stoop to embrace the lowly. Yet you keep your distance from those filled with pride. By your mighty power, I can walk through any devastation and you will keep me alive, reviving me. Your power set me free from the hatred of my enemies. You keep Every promise you've ever made to me, since your love for me is constant and endless, I ask you, Lord, to finish every good thing that you have begun in me. Psalm 138. Go away, meditate on it, look at it. Pray about it. Think about it. Ask God about it. But particularly look at verse 3. At the very moment I called out to you, you answered me. You strengthened me deep within my soul and breathed fresh courage into me. You make me brave. You make us brave. Amen. In this house, we are real. But we also make mistakes. And when we do, 
we make sure we say sorry. We give second chances to anyone. And we also have lots of fun. In this house, we definitely forgive. We also do loud. We give the best hugs. We are family. And in this house, that means we, we love. love.